We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into a Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Another great week of testing numbers for the Oklahoma Sooner football team. And now with basketball back on campus, Toby Rowland will sit down with Joe Castiglione coming up here in moments. And we'll talk to the boss about what appeared to be a pretty positive week from the testing side of things for Oklahoma and find out what's next. Uh, ACC meetings are taking place. Could they go to conference only? There's been reports of a conference schedule plus one for the Big 12. Where are we in the start of the college football season? Has the NCAA, have they talked about the waiver to try to push up the Missouri State game yet? We'll try to get answers to all those questions coming up here in just a bit. Plus, on our Sooner Sound Off show, we debate the greatest two-sport athlete in Oklahoma Sooner history. I went with Dr. Death, Steve Williams. I didn't win. Kyler Murray did. Just laid out a great case for him. Uh, and Ryan Miner. The three players, the three student athletes that we debated on Sound Off, that's coming up here in just a bit. But before we get to Josie, a sad note yesterday, and Toby and Joe are going to hit on this, but Oklahoma mourned the loss of John Blake. He was OU's head football coach from 1996 to 1998. He was only 59 years of age, suffering a major heart attack. Uh, I, I I guess this never really registered to me, and I was still in college when John Blake was the head coach at Oklahoma, but he was only 34 years old when he was hired, just 34. Uh, his team didn't have the success on the field while he was the coach, but many of the players 
that he recruited to OU were part of the national championship team in 2000. So rest in peace as we remember John Blake today. Uh, many tributes paid throughout the day, including a statement from Joe Castiglione, which we'll hear uh, more in depth coming up in just a bit. Joe C. said we are stunned and saddened by the news of Coach Blake's passing. He was never hesitant in displaying love for his family, his players, or how much he valued the honor of being a Sooner. Uh, Joseph Harris, the new president at Oklahoma, added, I joined the entire Sooner Nation in mourning John Blake's passing. His years of service to our university and Sooner football were critical building blocks to our program's success, and the impact he had on our student-athletes is indelible. My sincerest sympathy and prayers are with the Blake family. And Lincoln Riley as well. The thing I've always heard Coach Riley said about John Blake is how much he loved and cared for his players and how those feelings were reciprocal. That's such a profound element of the coaching profession, developing bonds with players that extend beyond the field. There is a tribute to John Blake on the Sooner website right now. You can see it at Soonersports.com. And we join the entire Sooner Nation in paying tribute and mourning the loss of Uh, Truly one of the all-time good guys, John Blake. Rest in peace. Joe Castiglione, we'll talk more about John Blake coming up here in mere moments. But before we get to Joe C., let let me remind you that today's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T, America's Best Network, Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics, Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician, And Othello's available via carryout. Orders can be placed by calling 405-701-4900 or delivery through one of our three delivery partners, DoorDash, Postmates, and Grubhub. Othello's proud supporters of the Sooner Sports Podcast. All right, let's get after it. Toby and Joe Castiglione from moments ago. I want to start out, uh, unfortunately, on a somber note. Uh, today, Joe, we learned yesterday of the passing of a former OU head coach and player, John Blake, and I um, simply open it up for your thoughts. Yeah, jeez, uh, uh, I was so sad to hear that yesterday afternoon. Uh, I don't have a lot of information on it, but uh, really thinking about his family, Frida, the kids. I mean, there's one thing that I certainly got to know working with John the one season that I did uh, just after arriving here at Oklahoma is that uh, he he was always uh, showing extreme love for his family. Uh, it, it was so evident how much he loved and cared for his players, how enthusiastic he was to be around them every day. And Toby, um, he was so proud to be a Sooner. He really really was. I mean, obviously, he's a great player for us uh, in the early 80s um, and came back to be our head coach, but I saw him a couple years ago and we had a a fairly long talk and I just tried to uh, let him know that um, he's a Sooner and he's always welcome to to come around, be around, um, and we'd, we'd love to have him around whenever he would want. And I didn't want him to ever think that uh, there was any awkwardness to that. And uh, and uh, and he was, he was really great. You know, he's a typical jovial self. And uh, I hadn't talked to him uh, recently, so I was really, really sad to hear that news. 
You guys announced yesterday uh, the latest round of testing, and again, it was great news. Zero positive tests for your football team and your staff. Again, that's a third straight week for the football team with zero positive tests. Uh, A couple of questions. One, are you even surprised that it's going this well? And then I'm wondering how much you're hearing from other schools um, just as far as best practices and how are you guys pulling this off? You know, Toby, surprise is an interesting word <laughs> right now. I think we we actually have to stay very nimble, very flexible, because we really don't know. Um, just, you know, at a time when somebody wants to start uh, talking in that way, you know, the, the virus is somewhere we hoped it wouldn't be, and somebody tests positive. So... Um, we're very, uh, you know, very happy about the results. Obviously, uh, uh, again, like I've said every week, can't thank our medical uh, team, uh, and all of our staff who have worked so diligently to uh, you know, handle the testing, to constantly focus on the the, uh, the discipline that it takes, um, the sanitizing that we're doing of our facilities. But really, it still comes down to what the uh, the players do what what our staff does, what anybody does, in trying to protect themselves. Wearing a mask, washing your hands, social distancing, everything we keep saying, and uh, we know we're in a zero. We don't have a zero risk approach, so that's why you really can't get too uh, you know too far in front of yourself here. Um, we're only as good as our next test. Um, three in a row is great. Hopefully, we'll have four in a row. And as you know, we welcomed uh, men's and women's basketball back to campus uh, mm-hmm. this past weekend. And uh, we did have uh, one positive test uh, that was discovered, you know, in the first screening. So, uh, you know, it's, it's on a low end a percentage of tests. You know, we had one out of 100, you know. So uh, that's, you know, in a sense, a positive sign when you compare it to national statistics. But, again, we're just trying to uh, – Stay the course, be disciplined, and reduce the risk of contracting or spreading the virus. That season opener, uh, scheduled season opener, is six weeks from tomorrow. We asked you last week, I'll ask you again, is there any news on the possible moving up a week of that Missouri State game? Uh, well, I guess you could say uh, there's there's a little. <laughs> um, we've We've been in touch with the NCAA this week about our um, waiver request, um, shared some information, but uh, we haven't received anything final yet about our request. But as soon as we do, um, we'll release the information uh, immediately. Obviously, we all want to know. Uh, These are unusual circumstances and unusual times, and I guess we got to practice what we preach and be a little bit more patient. But I feel like we'll hear something very soon. Major League Baseball got started last night, a full slate of games today. What is the importance for you in your mind of of the professionals, Major League Baseball and the NBA starts next week, getting underway and showing that it can be done for college sports? There are two different models there, Toby. Uh, The NBA has what you would call close to a perfect bubble. Um, 
I'm not totally sure uh, that I know every protocol around what Major League Baseball is doing with its testing. But obviously getting back to play, uh, teams being around each other, um, that kind of thing, you know, will provide some insight to it uh, and how that works. And, uh, you know, we have the NHL getting back. You know, we've, uh, but, but right now, um, both the NBA and the NH, excuse me, the uh, Major League Baseball, neither have fans in the stands. So we don't really get to learn anything yet about that piece of it. Uh, but we've been watching closely, and then the NFL is uh, close to starting their training camps, and we'll be watching closely what they're doing. You know, we did hear this week that they've made a move to uh, test every day. Uh, you know, that, that is um, interesting. You know, if they have the ability to get the test results back every day. I, I, I understand that, but, you know, in our world, you know, our test results take – you know, maybe a day or so to get back. And in some of the places, you know, around the country where the uh, virus is uh, spiking, you know, the you know demand for uh, testing and testing results, especially by those that are sick, you know, is so high that, you know, the test results don't come back, you know, in 24 hours. And um, that's, that's a bit of a concern, you know, as we try to, you know, work through this nationally. But locally, we've had, you know, the kind of situation where we're, we're still able to uh, you know, process our tests and get them back in a reasonable amount of time. So we'll keep watching that. I think the key is testing and, and what we do after that. I know you know Brian Davis well with the uh, Austin American Statesman, solid reporter yeah. down there. He had tweeted out Very something good. this week that was interesting. Um, saying that uh, the, the Big 12, a plus-one model is on the table, which is the nine league games plus one non-con. He also said something about OU Texas I'll ask you about in a second. But first, just the plus-one model. How seriously is that being considered? It's just one of many models. Uh, it's something that actually has come up as we develop our approach to uh, – a shortened season, and I and I say we, I mean we being, you know, those nationally. Uh, it's a good example of how we're sharing information across conferences, and and part of that probably came up because uh, many of the uh, schools and other conferences play crossover games every year, and some against the other conference, like ACC and SEC, for example, have uh, standing. Uh, rivalry, some of them uh, interstate, and uh, and so Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, as an example. So, uh, and they play eight conference games, not nine, like the Big Twelve or the Big Ten or Pac twelve. So, you know, there's few differences. That's just again one of the models that has come up. He also mentioned the possibility of. OU Texas, he said Texas OU, but I'll correct it here. OU Texas uh, could be home and home for two years in a worst case scenario. Is that a, is there a possibility? Is that on the table that we could be looking at home and home? Toby, <laughs> uh, we have a contract to play the game in the Cotton Bowl. Um, 
And so uh, at this point, that's what we plan to do. I, uh, look, I, I know uh, Brian has a, a difficult time. You know, Debbie, his wife, worked in Oklahoma, and uh, he works for the Austin paper. So sometimes, right. you know, he's got that, that difficult, you know, trying to flip things around. I'm sure he hears it from Debbie. But in uh, any way, um, uh, I'm not going to sound uh, smart-alecky and say it, it, it hasn't come up. But uh, it's not something we're talking about uh, you know, at this point in time because you know, I don't know what, what that would serve. You know, we're, we're still not sure uh, how we're going to answer the questions about fans. And whether this is a singular year issue, you know, so whoever hosts the game the first year may have uh, feel like it's a disadvantage the second year if we're back to, you know, being able to fill our stadiums again. Uh, I'll tell you this, though, Toby, I've spent more time trying to run down the Fletcher's corn dog stand than working on that. And I, uh, I you know, I, I promised. Uh, CJ that I would do it. And by the way, I have gone all the way to the top and uh, talked to Mrs. Fletcher herself. You are, so, you are unbelievable, Joe. Unbelievable. Whoa. There's a little breaking news for you. Um, yeah, that's the quote so of the day. Hope. Joe Castiglione has spent more time chasing down to the Fletcher's corn dog. He knows the important things in life. Yes. That's yes. exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly Not right. Yet. I know that people will run with that and say, what the heck is that guy talking about? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just right now, uh, both Chris Delconi and I have talked it through, and, and it's uh, we're still hopeful to have the game, Toby, and still hopeful yeah. to play it and uh, try to accommodate as many people as we can, but it's, uh, it, it's scheduled for the Cotton Bowl. You mentioned fans and people there. When would you expect – if we start on time, let's say it's September 5th, when would you hope anyway to be able to tell people what percentage of fans you expect to have at home games? What what would be ideal there? Well, I don't I don't have a timetable, you know, but it's it's getting closer. I I always have to take a pinpoint a day. But we're getting, you know, much closer because it does take time to actually work through whatever process we're going to have to assign the seats. You know, if we're not at full capacity, are we at 50%? Are we at a, a different social distancing model, which you know, might be 22%? And then uh, how we go about signing, signing tickets to those that still want to come. And I've been very transparent. As we know, every one of these Friday discussions, we're trying to be you know, transparent as possible so people actually know that, Sometimes when we're being transparent, we have to say we don't know if we don't know. But um, at the same time, you know, we, we still have to go through the process and respond. We've heard from some of our fans who obviously want to try to come if they can and some that are concerned about coming this year. We realize there are all kinds of other situations in between. So we're, uh, we're getting closer to making that decision. Uh, but I believe that decision would be made within our state, uh, not – not by uh, by us alone, you know. Obviously, in consultation with our governor, our state health officials, local officials, our our uh, president Joe Harris, the board. You know, it'll be a collective decision, whatever that is, based on um, the best information we have and the science that we have. You know, around what is 
you know, what is the best approach. And that's also part of what we may learn from other sporting events that occur here in the next few weeks. All right, finally, I'm going to give you a scenario here because we get hit with these all the time. How's this all going to work? What about quarantining and testing and all that kind of stuff? Uh, you play a football game. On Monday, the opposing running back tests positive. Does everybody on your defense that tackled him have to quarantine? How is that going to work? Um. You know, AD, not an MD. Right. I'm not even a. I'm not even a web MD. So. Uh oh. Like me too, uh, and and so uh, you know what, what I could tell you is you know, that that uh, between testing and contact tracing, those those kinds of decisions and investigations are made by state health officials. And what I understand from them, <clears throat> definition of a contact is being in the presence of someone uh, with, you know, with the virus um, for 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, a tackle doesn't equate to 10 minutes. But uh, I, I do think that it might get to how they determine asymptomatic versus symptomatic because I do think there's some other contact tracing approaches that differ, um, you know, between the, the ID. It's that it might take before that is known. So they also have us um, testing our players at least weekly. And if we had any any reason, any suspicion uh, to test earlier than that, obviously we would. But um, uh, you know, there's a lot in you know the time it takes for the potential for the virus to manifest itself and show up as a positive. Um, so uh, and and there's a that person may have had the virus again. You forgot afterwards. You know, you don't. You don't know. So uh, um, it's it just it's hard, you know, to make a statement about any one thing. I'm going to always defer to the best medical experts and the scientists and the epidemiologists. All those they they know better than I. As Josie always says, the plan is to play. That could change, but the Sooners. Uh, moving forward, and we'll keep our fingers crossed that we can continue and find a way to flatten out these COVID-19 numbers. If there is one thing we know for sure, the Sooner testing plan, the Sooner mitigation plan so far, so good. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Mercy. At Mercy, your life is our life's work. Sooner fans, it's important you know that Pizza Hut is still here and ready to serve you the pizza you love, whether it's picked up for carryout or delivered hot to your doorstep. Contactless delivery is one of the many ways we're working to help provide you and our employees the safest experience possible. No matter your location, if you want a more contactless option and prefer your pizza left at the door upon delivery, no problem. Place your order now at PizzaHut.com or 
the Pizza Hut app. All right, let's get after it. It was a feisty edition of Sooner Sound Off as we debated the greatest two sport athletes in Oklahoma Sooner football, in Oklahoma Sooner athletics, not just football, in Oklahoma Sooner athletics history. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to Sooner Sound Off, our weekly debate of the best and greatest in Sooner history. We've got a fun 30 minutes in front of you as we debate today's topic, brought to you by Taco Mayo. Who is the best two-sport athlete in OU history? And we welcome in now our panel for today to argue, cuss, and discuss that very topic. (laughs) We welcome in live from California, the aristocrat of angling himself, our esteemed panelist, Chad McKee, coming live to us from the Sooner Vision Studios, the first lady of feature writing, another esteemed panelist, Jessica Cootie. And coming live from his home in Norman, the Sultan of Softball, our third esteemed <laughs> panelist, Chris wow. Plank. Welcome, everybody. Let's go, Toby. Fun day today, man. Toby, Good you're days. on your game. I wish that I was hearing your argument today because it seems like you are being quite the wordsmith so far. Very well, I am, I am the judge, jury, and arbiter of this. So let's start to hear the cases come in. For the best two-sports star in OU history, and Chad, we'll start with you. Who's your nominee? Uh, Toby, and might I say, the gentleman I'm going to talk about may be the only person I've ever seen with a jump shot that is sweeter than yours, but it's a close race. Ryan Miner's career had it all. It had longevity. Seven seasons combined basketball and baseball. It had the highest of highs, a national championship, conference player of the year, and two-time All-American awards, and it had loyalty. On three different occasions, he spurned professional offers to win championships alongside his brother Damon at Oklahoma. Ryan Miner at 6'7", rising like Paul Bunyan from the western Oklahoma hamlet of Hammond, Oklahoma, chopped down all the competition and carved out the best two-sport career in Sooner history. And in just a couple of moments, I'll show you why. Well, CeeDee Lamb called him a magician. Cliff Kingsbury, a freak. Deion Sanders, a bona fide winner. His teammates call him a dynamic playmaker, a straight-up baller. But what you hear over and over and over again about Kyler Murray is just how special of an athlete that he is. How special, you might ask? Less than 10% of college baseball players get drafted. College football players, just 1.6% selected in the NFL draft. And if your name is not Kyler Murray, The percentage of athletes drafted in both the first round of the NFL and Major League Baseball draft is zero. And guys, by the way, I'm sporting my pink today in honor of Kyler Murray's pink draft night suit. Love it. (laughs) Love it, Jess. All right, you guys can use your fancy words and your stats, but my guy is here to beat you up. Dr. Death Steve (laughs) Williams is the greatest two-sport athlete in Oklahoma history. Four-time All-American in wrestling. You heard right. Four-time All-American. Only 10 Sooners have done that, period. An all-conference performer at the University of Oklahoma in the interior of the offensive line, which was oh so important during the Barry Switzer wishbone era. And guys, we're talking about some incredible athletes, from Ryan Miner to Kyler Murray, but only one of them is a Hall of Famer. I'll tell you a little later about Dr. Death, Steve Williams. So the nominees officially are Ryan Miner, Kyler Murray, and Dr. Death, Steve Williams, let's start to lay out the cases. Chad McKee, we'll start with you. Tell us about Ryan Miner. 
Toby, may I say first off, you look spectacular in spectacles. And this argument is Thank super you. important for me. I am taking time away from my anniversary trip, and thanks to my beloved wife for allowing me about five minutes to state the case for Ryan Miner. He had the greatest two-sport career in Sooner history. It almost didn't happen at all. Ryan Miner was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles out of high school at 6'7 as a shortstop. But as he would do on a couple of other occasions, he turned down the professional ranks to pursue championships alongside his brother Damon at Oklahoma. Let's talk first about his basketball career because I think sometimes people forget just how great he was. Solid as a freshman, then as a sophomore became a contributor at 13 points per game. In 1995, he shot to superstardom, averaging 24 Four points and eight rebounds a game, earning Big Eight Player of the Year honors, All-American awards, and the Sooners went 23 and 9. In fact, many thought if Ryan Miner had turned pro, he would have been a lottery pick. But he turned down the money to stay a Sooner. And in 1996, he was an All-American again, averaging 21 points and eight rebounds. He earned All-American honors again and was runner-up Big Eight Player of the Year. Miner became the first player in Sooner history to score over 1,800 points, grab 700 rebounds, and record 150 steals. Following the season, he was drafted in the second round by the Philadelphia 76ers. So his basketball numbers at OU, seventh all-time in scoring, 12th in rebounding, and for his career, he had 12 games of 30 points or more. Only Tisdale, Stacy King, and Buddy Buckets had more games of 30 or more than Ryan Miner. But Hoops would have to wait because of his prowess on the diamond. As a freshman in 1993, he threw two complete games. That's right, he was a pitcher, so not just a two-sport star, but a two-way player in baseball as well. The following season, the slugging first baseman hit five home runs and really shined in the postseason. Miner made the All-Big 8 tournament team, was on the All-Regional team in the NCAA tournament, and earned the College World Series All-Tournament Team honors as the Sooners won their first national title in 43 years. And in 95, it was back to Omaha with Miner earning MVP honors in the Midwest Regional and hitting 311 along the way. For his baseball career, his average was 266, 11 home runs, 43 RBIs, and two errors combined in three seasons. In 1996, Ryan Miner realized a dream that few of any people ever could. He played 25 games of minor league baseball for the Baltimore Orioles and preseason NBA games for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right, two sports professionally in the same season. But Miner turned his attention to baseball, played parts of four seasons with the Orioles and Expos. And though he was a starter and a star through most of his days in Norman, it was one special night in the summer of 1998 that Ryan Miner became the most celebrated substitute in baseball history. It was that night that baseball's Ironman, Cal Ripken Jr., chose to sit out a game for the first time in over 17 seasons, 2,632 games. And it was Ryan Miner who got the call. Yeah, um, I always loved Ryan. Ryan uh, worked hard through the minor leagues, and uh, he was coming in um, as a third baseman, and I was a third baseman at the time, moving from shortstop. And as I was going out, I thought they could bring him in. He had 30 home runs in the minor leagues. He, was, he did everything they asked him to do. But he never really got the, quite the opportunity to, uh, to play every day. But the one thing I remember about uh, Ryan is the streak ended, and uh, I told the manager about 10, games, 10, day, 10 minutes before the game started, and uh, they put Ryan in the lineup. So Ryan didn't believe that it was for real. So uh, when, the, when the people started to take the field, he didn't want to go out there because he thought it was going to be some sort of rookie prank and you just call him back and say, I fooled you. 
Um, and finally, I just looked at him. I said, it's for real. Go play. And he ran out. He begrudgingly ran out in the field. But uh, um, he didn't want to do it at first. Um, and uh, you know, I thought that he would have a, he would have a pretty long uh, career. But that didn't work out uh, you know, necessarily. But uh, I always had a soft spot for Ryan. While that night was a mere footnote in baseball history, Ryan's career at Oklahoma is far from a footnote. He was the author of the greatest two-sport career in Oklahoma Sooner history, Toby. One of the, uh, the answer to one of the all-time great trivia questions, one of my all-time right. favorite Sooners, and a major opening statement made by Chad McKee with Ryan and can Miner. I get an we'll assist on the out. Cal Ripken Jr. soundbite, guys? <laughs> yeah. Jessica Cootie with yes. an assist on the soundbite. We'll take a break. Jessica Cootie gets to talk all she wants when we come back as her nominee, QB1, Kyler Murray, coming up next. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus. And our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off, everybody. Today's topic, best two-sport athlete in OU history. Chad McKee's nominee off the top, Ryan Miner. Now let's hear about the most recent of today's nominees, the man with a statue headed to Norman in the not-too-distant future, Kyler Murray. Jess? Yeah, Toby, can you imagine receiving a $4.6 million signing bonus, being offered a $14 million contract, and having a dilemma as to whether to pursue that? But Kyler Murray is such a special athlete. Coming out of Oklahoma, he had options. But in fact, he's always had options. We know his story. Arguably the best Texas high school football player ever, 43-0 as a starter at Allen High School, winning three state titles. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year and also had Major League Baseball scouts and executives salivating. He set the Allen single-season records for home runs and steals and was projected at one point to be a first-rounder but opted out of the Major League Baseball draft to go to A&M. From there, we know how the story goes. Transfers to Oklahoma had to sit out due to NCAA transfer rules and was able to get onto the baseball field first in Norman. In the spring of 2017, Murray sees action in 27 games hits just 122 but led the team with 12 stolen bases and it's in the spring of 2018 when he explodes onto the baseball scene he played infield in high school moved to the outfield for the first time and over and over what you hear about Kyler Murray is how he's a winner and Toby you know better than anybody it seems like so often when this team needed a big play Murray delivered time and time again whether it was getting himself on base stealing to get himself into scoring position so his teammates know just to put it somewhere in play and Kyler is going to score. He delivered with clutch at bats like the time he hit not one but two two run home runs and a comeback victory over TCU. And again let me remind you this entire time competing to be the starting quarterback. He was among the team leaders in just about every hitting statistic. He led the team in triples. His 47 RBIs were second on the team and his 10 home runs also good for second. He upped his average to nearly 300 and the Oakland A's saw the potential. The tools and elected him and elected to draft him ninth overall in the 2018 MLB draft. The only Big 12 player to be taken in the first round. But Kyler wanted a shot at being the Sooner starting quarterback. So he talks the A's into letting him play a, sing, a season of college football. 
And the doubt, it was there. Could he fill the shoes of the Sooners Heisman winner, Baker Mayfield? And what does he do? He goes ahead and puts up even better numbers than his predecessor. The most efficient season by an Oklahoma quarterback in program history with completion percentages and passing efficiency rating at the top of the Big 12 record books. He became the first FBS player to average at least 300 passing yards and 60 rushing yards for a full season. He joined Deshaun Watson as the only FBS player to record at least 4,000 rushing yards and 1,000 rushing yards. 5,362 yards of total offense. 383 yards a game led the nation. Literally his name all over the record books, but it's more than the numbers. You'll recall Oklahoma had one of the worst defenses in the country, and so many times Kyler put his team on his back, willing his team to victory, won another Big 12 title, back to the, big, back to the college football playoff. And if I haven't convinced you enough, let me let his teammates convince you right now. He's an unbelievable athlete. He can throw the ball with the best of them, but he, he has the explosiveness to create plays unlike anybody else. There's literally nobody that can do what he does. He was a, a top 10 draft pick in the MLB, and he comes out here and he is putting better numbers up than the quarterback that won the Heisman last year. He's such a dynamic athlete. It's hard to game plan for a guy that, a special guy like Kyler. He just has so many, you know, intangibles that you can't really prepare for. Nobody's going to outwork Kyler. Obviously, the dude's mentality is just through the roof. He shows you how hardworking he is and how dedicated and honestly how competitive he is. Like, we'd be playing ping pong in the clubhouse and he would be the most competitive person out there. So that kind of just shows you how big of a competitor he is. He, it doesn't matter how tired he is or how long his day has been. He's just going out there and play and compete. He's the best athlete in the country and that's not taking anything away from him being a great quarterback. He's specifically the best athlete in the country. And again, racking up the awards, the list would take me the rest of the show to name them all. He won another Heisman Trophy and became the first player ever selected in the first round of both the Major League Baseball and NFL Draft. Toby, I don't know how you can beat that. I love it. By the way, in the end, by the way, he won a Heisman Trophy. Yes, the, by the, yes. a phenomenal athlete. I ran out of Great time. Great case, Jessica Cootie. Great case. We'll take a break. I cannot wait to hear what Chris Plank has in store for us next. Will he turn heel as he presents Dr. <laughs> Death on Sooner Sound Off? Air Comfort Solutions, your total home solution for plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Make the winning call today. Taco Mayo, fresh ingredients built to order. The Trails Golf Club, Norman's club of choice. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Community Coffee, family-owned Community Coffee, the official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes. Fascinating debate for you today on Sooner Sound Off. Best two-sport athlete in OU history. Chad McKee says it's Ryan Miner. Jessica Cootie says it's Kyler Murray. Chris Blank had a chance to wrap this up, folks. If he had done his argument today in a singlet, but he has not... <laughs> So he's got <laughs> negative ground to make up. Tell us about Steve Dr. Death Williams, Plank. Toby, one of the more underrated, maybe even underappreciated two sports stars in Oklahoma history. Just look at the resume. The guy was a four-time All-American in wrestling. Think about that. 19 years old, he goes out his freshman year and achieves All-American status as a freshman in wrestling. And then, oh, by the way, he preceded that by starting every game 
during his freshman season. In fact, he was a four-year starter in the interior of the offensive line and eventually was named all Big 8 first team during his senior season. So let's go ahead and start with football because, again, the offensive linemen don't always get the uh, noise and the hype and the, and the love that they deserve. But Dr. Death Steve Williams was truly special. And with what Oklahoma was doing offensively during this time, it was the wishbone. It was a ground and pound. And Steve Williams was the anchor of the interior of that offensive line. He played both guard positions and, by the way, two incredible single season performances. He was the anchor of that offensive line. Billy Sims over a thousand yards, 1,506 yards for Billy Sims during his senior season. And everyone talks about the freshman season of Marcus Dupree. Guess who was front and center for that? Steve Dr. Death Williams as a guard. In fact, he finished with three bowl or actually four bowl wins. He talked about one of his greatest accomplishments in college athletics being that he has nine rings, but those rings came from bowl wins, but also came from the success on the mat. So we shift from the incredible football career that he had to the incredible wrestling career. Now, I could go in depth about the squared circle Toby Rowland when Steve Dr. Death Williams took on the fabulous Freebirds and Ric Flair and anyone that would try to come after him. As a matter of fact, he was the UWF world champion. He was the All Japan Triple Crown champion. And oh, by the way, when he was a professional wrestler, he turned to who? Barry Switzer after the fabulous Freebirds. Those dirty birds went and broke his arm. He turned to Barry Switzer to help train him and eventually he won the UWF heavyweight champion. But we're not talking about Dr. Death Steve Williams, the in-ring performer. We're talking about Dr. Death Steve Williams on the mat. We're talking about Dr. Death Steve Williams and what he was able to accomplish during his collegiate career as an All-American wrestler. I mean, consider this. During his freshman season, he finished sixth at the NCAA, also won the prestigious <coughs> Jimmy White Award, which is given to the individual who accomplishes spirit and helps the team. He won it in 81 and 82 as well. What does that tell you about Dr. Death Steve Williams, an incredible performer, but also a guy that was giving back to his team? So yeah, a four-time All-American. So he did it in the glory of football and did it in the obscurity of wrestling. Turned to one of his best friends, Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer, and his podcast, Grillin' JR, to just give you some perspective on how special of an athlete Dr. Death Steve Williams truly was. Dr. Death Steve Williams was the number one recruited, number one rated offensive lineman in the United States his uh, senior year in high school. And his brother Jeff was a little bit older than him and that was a package deal. I've talked to Coach Switzer about this a few times. Coach Barry Switzer was his head coach. And Doc was the target. They wanted Doc very badly. And of course, they had Stan Abel, the wrestling coach, very charismatic. And he wanted Doc to wrestle. Doc was just, he was just a, a natural brute. And then, you know, lo and behold, as a, he's 19 years old, becoming an All American in, in, in wrestling. And, and playing on the football team, you know, and he was just a natural. Can you imagine going from a bowl game uh, and all the glitz and glamour of a bowl game to going back into the isolation of a wrestling room? He did it every year as in college. He did four, you know, he'd go from football immediately right into wrestling. He's a, he was, he had everything you wanted. He's just imposing. And the thing that Doc always impressed me about Doc, one of the things, his amazing flexibility. You know, he could do splits and he could do things at 300 pounds that the guys aren't supposed to be able to do. He just was very, very gifted athletically. 
You know, he finished runner-up during his senior season in the national championship. So every year he improved in the national tournament. He finished sixth his freshman year, fifth his sophomore year, third his junior season, and his final season he was runner-up to Bruce Baumgartner, who, oh, by the way, won two gold medals. So the only person that was really able to subdue Steve Williams during his senior season was a gold medalist. And, oh, by the way, they couldn't even hold the wrestling matches inside McCaslin Fieldhouse. The crowds were wanting so much of Dr. Death and his team, he never wrestled in McCaslin. All of his wrestling matches were in the Lloyd Noble Center. Four-time All-American, Toby. <laughs> National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Dr. Death, Steve Williams is the greatest two-sport athlete in Oklahoma history. What wow, a great that debate. Awesome. That's good. And you got KR in there. Uh, Ryan Miner. <laughs> Kyler Murray and Dr. Death. There can't be a school in America with a better, a better and more trio. eclectic two-sport trio than that. We got to declare a champion when we come back. Stay with us on Sooner Sound Off. The Sooner Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Sooner Sports TV personalities wardrobe is provided by Threads Menswear and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge. Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off. I've thoroughly enjoyed this today. This has been fun. We're debating best two sport athletes in Sooner history. What a storied history it has been for OU. Not even mentioned today the great Bobby Jack, Brandon Jones, Cody Thomas, Kevin Bookout, Jimbo Elrod, Brianna Terang, Kale Gundy was a two-sport athlete at OU. But let's hear the closing arguments brought to you by Kincaid coach Chad McKee. You get the first whack. Toby, thank you very much. A pleasure to be a part of an arg argument like this with such esteemed, esteemed type of athletes. And we all had that friend when we were growing up that no matter what you tried, from mini golf to marbles, from frisbee to football, from bike riding to baseball, they were just better than you were. So frustrating to go against, but so fun to root for and play with, as it was for Sooner fans with Ryan Miner. The guy was Big 8 Player of the Year. He was a two-way star on a national championship team in baseball and played two sports professionally in the same year. Heck, he and his brother Damon were even born in Canton, Ohio, home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> they did football better than most people did. Ryan Miner was a true star in every sense of the word and carved out the best two-way career in Sooner history. Jessica? Listen, I believe I've said everything that I need to say, and we are so fortunate that the best two-sport Sooner was covered by the best three-sport play-by-play. So here are two of my favorite Kyler Murray calls <laughs> from The Voice. First down, 35, outside 40. Watch out! He's in the open field, blazing down the far sideline. Oh, Kyler looks right, rolls right, directing traffic, scrambles to the edge, going to try to run it, track, whoa, he's gone! 11 yards, and he takes it right to the ponies. Fly ball, deep left field, and it's gone! It's gone! It's a grand slam for Kyler Murray! Oh, mother! The QB unloads him! <laughs> 
Toby, you are a big adjective guy. Here is just wow. a sampling of the adjectives you use to describe Kyler Murray. Electric, dynamic, unbelievable, explosive, referring to his speed as blazing in a blur. Think about how many times Kyler Murray made you say wow. Not only is Kyler Murray the best two-sport Sooner ever, he also wins the award for the most O-Mamas oh from The Voice. <laughs> I like it. That's pandering at its best, Jess. Well done. Uh, I, I could go with the, if the late, late great Dr. Death, Steve Williams, was here. If you didn't pick him, he'd just beat you up. But he was the toughest. He was a grinder. Toby, think about how hard it is to start and letter for four years in one sport. Now, do it in two sports, and those two sports are football and wrestling. And wow. to be a four-time All-American, it's only happened ten times in Sooner history. And, oh, by the way, how about this for a side note? The dude one-time wrestled with 108 stitches in his face. He's the definition <sighs> of tough. He's the greatest two-sport athlete in Oklahoma history. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. 108 stitches? Is that what you said? 108 in stitches. In his face? Yep. In his That's face. amazing. I got to tell you, I mean, this is uh, almost impossible to judge today. Um, I'm a huge Huge Ryan Miner fan. Uh, I'm scared to death of Dr. Death Steve Williams. And if I don't pick him, he could hit me over the head by a two-by-four and he rests in peace. But I got to tell you, I think this one comes down to drip today, folks. And we got a guy <laughs> who was drafted drip. top ten in baseball, won the Heisman Trophy, and was drafted number one in football and by far had the most drip. Thanks for all the adjectives, Jess, but I got a noun for you. You're a winner today, <laughs> Jessica Cootie. Kyler Murray, the best two-sports star, not just QB1. in OU history, but maybe in nation history. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week on Sooner Sound Off. All right, real quick, before we get to what's on tap, Sooner Sports Podcast brought to you in part by Chick-fil-A. Even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but... Where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. And deposits for the 2020 Oklahoma men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale. Call or text 405-325-2424. That's 325-2424. For more information or lock in your seats today by visiting Soonersports.com. Here's what's on tap on the Sooner Sports Podcast presented by OG&E Power at the speed of life. We'll start some football preview coming up on next week's podcast. Plus, this Saturday, how about a little bit of a sneaky good classic? Hey, 2004 OU Texas was really good. That was our Thursday, uh, Thursday classic broadcast. But tomorrow, on Saturday, 2010 Bedlam. It was Bob Berry Sr.'s last Bedlam broadcast, and it might be the most insane final five minutes of a college football game you'll hear. Check it out, Soonersports.com slash podcast. The Sooner Classic tomorrow, OU, OSU. It's Bedlam from 2010. Until then, everyone have a great and safe Friday. We'll be back with another episode on Monday. Boomer Sooner, everybody.